0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, what's up, y'all? Welcome back into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and you're listening on the Believe Network. Man, can you believe the summer that Nick Kyrgios is having? He's having an incredible summer, playing some incredible tennis, and I think a lot of people have been waiting for this for a while because everybody knows how good of tennis Nick Kyrgios can play when he actually wants to play good tennis. And it seems to finally all be coming around at the right time, right before the U.S. Open. Um, the last major of the year, he's not playing in the Labor Cup this year, going home to spend time, which he says, with his family and is, as he says, quote, beautiful girlfriend, and so he's kind of changing the game in that matter as he's not playing in all these events that he could. A lot of people would be lucky to get in the Labor Cup, but he just doesn't want to play in it this year because he wants to spend more time at home, been on the road a lot. That's beside the point. He has been playing outstanding tennis ever since Wimbledon. If you remember correctly, at Wimbledon, he makes it to the final and he faces Novak Djokovic. He has a great run at Wimbledon, and he's really kept that going into the American swing. Last week at Atlanta, he pulled out of the men's singles, and then in the men's doubles with Kakanakis, they won the men's doubles. Now, in the next week, he goes to Washington, where he won in 2019, and he's going to try to win singles and doubles. He's playing in both of them. His body must be feeling good enough, and let's get into how Kyrgios did at that tournament at the City Open in Washington. Now, this had a good bracket in it. There were a lot of good players that were in this bracket, and there were some legit upset alerts that happened in this in this bracket, just because of who was in this tournament. Uh, Andre Rublev was the one seed. He loses to Nishioka in the semifinals. Nishioka, incredible tournament. He beats De Manure. Well, he, Nishioka makes it to the finals in this tournament to play Nick Kyrgios. So I'm going to get to that in a second. Let's talk about the incredible tournament that Nishioka had. He beats Brooksby in round one. He beats Damon Manure in round two. He beats Hotchnov in round three. He beats Daniel Evans in round four. And then he beats Andre Rublev in the semis to play Nick Kyrgios. Wow! I mean, the names that he had to play that he had to play and he had to beat to be in this spot. What a tournament by Nishioka! And I don't think he was unseated coming in this tournament. You can't take anything away from the tournament that he had. And Nick Kyrgios said this at. Uh, at the end in his press conference, said like, wow, you beat some dudes to be here. And he absolutely did beat some dudes to be there. Now, this tournament was a little weird, and I'm going to get to that at the end. But uh, there were some other things that happened in there that were unrelated to the players that uh, that happened to get into this tournament to get to the finals and get to the final day. Uh, I don't know if that made sense, but I'll explain it here in a little bit. Uh, Nick Kyrgios makes it to the finals on the bottom half. He is not the number two seed. Number two seed is Hubie Hercotch, who loses early. Uh, Mikel Jaimer makes it pretty far in this tournament. He beats Karatsev, then he beats goes on and beats Sebastian Korda, and he plays Nick Kyrgios in the semis. Great tournament by him. The Americans on the top half of the bottom half of the bracket, which if you listened last week, I told you about that. Um, you know, Tommy Paul loses to Nick Kyrgios, Riley Opelka loses to Nick Kyrgios, and then Francis Diafo loses to Nick Kyrgios. So literally Nick Kyrgios just mowed through the the entire American <laughs> all the American players on the top half of that bracket he had a tough he had a tough lane to the finals not as hard as Nishioka, but then he goes on to beat nishioka in the finals in six four six three he looks like he's in great form to be honest with you he's playing great tennis I think there's very minimal that can stop him other than himself and it seems mentally he seems there at a stronger pace if that makes sense. Physically, he's always had he's always had it, but the way he can go there and win mentally and physically now is a deadly combo. If anybody's going to play, be playing Nick Kyrgios because that is when he gets real dangerous. Is when he can put two and two together and really play solid collective tennis. Mentally, because that's always been in my head, that's always been his problem. He's always struggled on the mental side of it, but not this week. He wins Washington, an incredible win. And that's not all that he wins in this tournament. He wins the doubles championship with Jack Sock. And if you know these two, you know they've been friends for a while and they do a lot of things together. But for them to win on the double side too this week, he's won doubles with Kakanakis and he's won doubles with Jack Sock two weeks in a row. He's dangerous at doubles. Nick Kyrgios really is, and so is Jack Sock. You, you, Jack Sock is no one to you know bat an eye at when he comes to um, playing doubles. He's a good singles player, but man, Jack Sock is a really, really, really good doubles player. These two played phenomenal tennis together. I'm interested to see who he picks or who they if they play doubles together, or like if it's going to be Kakanakis and Kyrgios, or uh, Kyrgios and Sock, or Kyrgios and someone else at the U.S. Open. I think it's a disservice to kind of himself in the doubles game if he doesn't play doubles at the U.S. Open unless he really, really, really wants to focus on singles because he thinks he can win it. This is Nick Kyrgios I'm talking about. So that's going to be something interesting to watch once we get closer to the U.S. Open. But I think the sky's the limit for Nick Kyrgios in doubles. I think he could be one of the first ones to win doubles and singles. Now, that's a really, really hard feat. And the way it's trending right now in singles, there's not a whole lot... You know, playing up to the U.S. Open, so he seems to have you know some of the most experience playing hard court leading up to the U.S. Open as it is playing right now, and I'll explain that a little bit later what I mean by that. But Nick Kyrgios right now playing great tennis. He's going to go play in Montreal, and that's going to be another tournament that um, really is up for grabs, and I think he could win. Now, what I was talking about when I was talking about uh, the Washington tournament, the City Open, is that they something happened where. They started playing matches during the day instead of starting them later and the fans weren't really there because it's hot outside and so like it was super hot at the City Open and like Taylor Fritz couldn't finish his match because he was too like he was getting dizzy and heat stroke and stuff like that. So there was some heat issues for sure at that tournament and then it like rained a few times and there were times where they had to finish a match in the morning and then in the afternoon or night, they had to play another match. Like I think Rublev and JJ Wolf finish a match uh, to get into that quarterfinal. They finished a match like in the morning and then they had to play again like eight hours later, a full another match. So that's kind of what happens when you get to these two fifties and 500 events, uh, especially when they just have to get it done before a certain day, because there's another major tournament coming around the corner. But very odd scheduling for these players, especially as they start this American hardcourt swing. But they seem to get it done. It seemed to be okay, and uh, Nick Kyrgios still comes out on top. But a lot of props to a lot of those players that had to go through a lot of difficult stuff to get to the to even get to the next match or really just survive in in Washington. But now we move on to Montreal. Let's talk about uh, Los Cabos for a second. Obviously the favorite in this tournament is going to be Daniel Medvedev and Cam Nori and FAA. And they pretty much live up to the hype. And in his debut in Los Cabos, Daniel Medvedev beats Nori in the final seven, five, six, zero, and wins the title. He's a world number one. You expect this from him, but I think this being a smaller tournament for him, just to get back in the groove of playing these matches, he didn't play at Wimbledon. He couldn't play at Wimbledon uh, because he was Russian. And so, for him to get back in the groove of things here, I think, was important for his U.S. Open swing. And obviously, he's got to be the favorite at the U.S. Open right now. Who knows if if Novak Djokovic is going to be playing in the U.S. Open. He just backed out of Montreal, actually, because I think complications with his visa and not being vaccinated. Rafael Nadal just backed out of Montreal as well, so he won't be playing in Montreal. So there's a lot of questions when it comes to those big with the big three, but the big two right now. When it comes to playing at the U.S. Open, obviously, I think everybody wants to see them play at the U.S. Open. But one has injuries, and the other one won't get vaccinated. So that's what's going on around around those two players not being in Montreal, and you know maybe not being places closer to the U.S. Open. But back to Mexico, uh, Felix Ojia Seam has a great tournament, as you would expect. He makes it to the semis. Cam Nori makes it to the semis. Ketchmanovich. Kechmano, makes it to the semis, and Daniil Medvedev makes it to the semis. Now, Felix ogelia seem a grind of a year. Listen, listen to this stats. In 2022, he's already played 37 tiebreakers. 37 tiebreakers. He's won 23 of those. Unfortunately for him, he does not get past Cam Norrie in the semis, and so Cam Norrie and Daniil Medvedev meet, meet each other in the final, and what would you expect? Dino Medvedev to win that. Dino Medvedev wins another tournament in Los Cabos in his debut in ATP 250. And during this tournament, Dino Medvedev actually won his 250th career match. Uh, He has 250 career wins. That'll probably skyrocket. That doesn't seem like a lot because of how many matches like the big three have won. But you got to remember he's still young and he is world number one for a reason. And it's only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and better from here. Let's head up to Canada and get to the Montreal tournament. The ATP Masters 1000 that is happening up there in Canada. Now, one of the biggest stories out of this, and I'm going to keep talking about Nick Curios because I feel like this is his episode because he's played so well and deserves it. But Nick Curios is unseated in this tournament, partially because he hasn't played a lot of matches, uh, a lot of tournaments and stuff in the last year just because he sits out some. But the other part is he didn't get any points for Wimbledon. So he makes it to the finals at Wimbledon and gets zero points. So he's unseated in this tournament. Guess who he plays into? Daniil Medvedev. That could be a second-round match. He has to beat Sebastian Baez first round, and then he plays right into Daniil Medvedev, which is insane. And then after that, he could play into Shapo, Demenur, or Dimitrov in the third round. And then in the fourth round, he could play into Schwartzmann. If, if Nick Kyrgios comes out of this tournament, champion, or even makes it to the finals... Wow. What a tournament. But everybody's in this tournament. It's a Masters 1000. These get big names. Rafa pulled out late, and so did Djokovic. They both pulled out late. I just talked about that. So it really leaves the door open for a lot of players. I'm going to be interested to see how Daniil Medvedev plays in this tournament because it's the first biggest big tournament that he's played in. Uh, didn't get a play in Wimbledon, so see what kind of stride he's getting into here. But you look at who's in this tournament and... There's no shortage of superstars. One seed is Daniel Medvedev. Two seed is Carlos Alcaraz. Three seed is Sitsipas, Four seed is Rude, And then it goes Rublev, FAA, Yannick Sinner, Hubie Hurkacz, Cam Norrie, Fritz, Berrettini, Schwarzman, Chilich, Batista, Gut, Dimitrov, Monfis. Gail Monfils is back on tour, back at this tournament. Really good to see for him. But like you would expect from this tournament, massive massive players playing in Montreal. This is always a good tournament, and it goes back-to-back Masters 1000s, which is kind of what I like about what's going on at this time of year, is it's this ATP 1000, and then another Masters 1000 right after it, the Western and Southern Open, which is in Cincinnati, the Cincy tournament, so... There's a lot of good tennis to come just before the U.S. Open, and that's why I think right now is one of the most exciting time of the year in tennis. And if you're a tennis fan, you got to be excited about what's going on in Canada right now, and after that, what's going to be happening in Cincy. So a good couple weeks to watch here. I'm real interested to see how Medvedev does. That's a really point of emphasis for me, is to see how he plays some of these big names and kind of just plays Throughout this entire tournament, can he do it? Absolutely. Everybody knows he can play with the best, and he can be with the best. But no one got to see him at Wimbledon, so this is kind of another like good test for him, and a lot of good benchmark for a lot of his fans and a lot of people that you know follow the sport of tennis because there isn't a whole lot of tape on this guy the last couple months. So it's going to be interesting to see how he does in Toronto. Another good first round match is Damon Noor and Denis Shapovalov. That'll be really good, but. I'm very interested to also see how the Canadians do at this, you know, home country tournament because they got to they got to start playing better. FAA can play a lot better. Shapo can play a lot better. These are guys you would expect to make it to, you know, quarters and semis in some of these big tournaments and they're not doing that. So, FAA Really looking forward to seeing him. I mean, he's doing it at a better pace than Chapo is. Don't get me wrong. FAA is playing good tennis. I'm just waiting for him to jump over the hump a little bit and make a really big run or win a tournament or something like that, right? And I think he's got it. He has what it takes, but uh, we're kind of hoping that it happens soon. I kind of am because I think he deserves it, and I think he works hard enough, and now he's with Tony Nadal, and I think he can do it if anybody from Canada is going to do it. Alright, I got long-winded. Sorry, this is the Nick Cario's podcast. I think he can win this tournament as well. He's just going to have to beat everybody uh, literally in his way, which is a lot of huge names and a lot of good players in Canada, but... That's all we need to talk about for that for now. Other good news uh, Alexander Svarov seems to be playing good tennis. Uh, you know, back on the court, he's playing good tennis. And so he put out a video the other day. Looks like his ankle and his foot's doing all right. So that's a good sign for the world of tennis to see Alexander Sverev, uh when it comes to sport. I know there's a lot of controversy around him, but I'm just saying sport in general. Good to see, you know, one of the world's top players getting back on the court. That's awesome to see. And as of Monday, on August 8th, when this episode will drop, Happy birthday to Roger Federer. A sad day, kind of, because it's another, you know, notice that Roger Federer is getting older and he's not, you know, 35 anymore. He's 41 years old on August 8th in 2022. So a day to celebrate Roger Federer because he is the GOAT and he is the best. But kind of sad he's getting that old. So excited to see 41-year-old Roger Federer, though, at the Labor Cup this year. And hopefully one more Grand Slam. Hopefully he can give us one more Grand Slam. That's it for this episode. Appreciate you for listening. Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Watch some tennis this week in Canada. I promise the next five, six weeks of tennis is going to be amazing. It won't let you down, I promise. See you later.